It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The following is a presentation of the Match Talk Podcast Network. Hey, Hokie Nation, want to give you a little bit of information about the 2017 Matt Talk Online D1 Preview Guide that will be digitally available March 14th. This is everything you need to know about the NCAA Championships in St. Louis, every wrestler, every record, historical data, anything you can think of that you would want to know about the tournament, including a fantasy primer and pick'em primer, things that you just you expect me to deliver to you. I've got it for you. $5 off the sticker price if you go to mattalkonline.com slash fanguide17. And when you order, enter the promo code podcast. Yes, podcast, one word, all lowercase. It'll save you $5. It'll be digitally delivered to your email March 14th. You do not want to miss this awesome resource that I put out for the wrestling community. It's used by every PA announcer, well, myself included. It's also used by the ESPN Matt Side announcers and ESPN, their production team. They Love it. So you want to get what they get optimized for your tablet. It's usually $19.99. I'm knocking five bucks off for listeners of the Mad Talk Podcast Network, especially you at Inside Virginia Tech Wrestling. Use the promo code podcast at madtalkonline.com slash fanguide17 and order the quintessential wrestling preview guide. Nothing like it on the planet. You can get it. madtalkonline.com slash fanguide17. Use that promo code podcast. It's time for Inside Virginia Tech Wrestling. Now, let's join your host, three-time National Wrestling Writer and Broadcaster of the Year, Jason Bryant. Another episode of Inside Virginia Tech Wrestling as we've got a new voice on the line that's currently leading the Hokies. He is interim head wrestling coach Tony Roby. Not his first run at running a Division One program. He was previously the head coach at Binghamton before coming to Blacksburg. And, uh, yeah, Tony, I guess um, interesting things happening in the last 10, 12 days. Yeah, it's been a pretty eventful uh, stretch here. But uh, it's it's been good. It's been busy. Obviously, Coach Dresser has... Uh, taking the head coaching job at Iowa State, and um, you know they've named me the interim head coach, and we're just moving forward here, getting ready for the ACC championships and then the NCAA championships. Yeah, we'll talk about the ACCs and give a, a hokey-based preview of the event, which is coming up March fourth at Reynolds Coliseum, newly renovated Reynolds Coliseum down in Raleigh at the campus of North Carolina State University. And and before we get to uh, the weight by weight breakdowns with all you know there's there's been a lot of chatter about w- 
what, what, what's the mood like in the room? Well, what is the mood like in the room right now with, uh, you know, it's very atypical for a, for a wrestling coach to, to, to leave during the course of the season, especially right before the postseason. It is. And it was a little bit of a tough situation. And, and um, you know, I think Kevin was put in the situation where he was, he had to make a decision and I don't think it's exactly when he wanted to make this move. And we obviously wish him well with his new journey at Iowa state, but uh, you know, as far as everything that's going on within our team, within our wrestling room, within the guys on our team, I, I feel very good and very confident about the leadership that we have within our coaching staff, coach Zadik and coach St. John, our senior leadership with guys like Ty Walls and Sal Mastriani and Joey Dance. Uh, we have an incredibly tight team to begin with. And I think that uh, this shakeup, if you will, has only galvanized us, made us stronger, brought us together even more. And um, I feel really good about our focus uh, right now at, at this point of the season. And, and to me, that's what it's really about right now is making sure that you're focused, you're dialed in on what's important. And uh, we've got two more cracks at getting out there and competing and, and making the most of it. So uh, team spirit is really good. The, the team unity is really good. I, I feel great about the week of practice that we had, and uh, I think we'll be ready to roll when we go into Raleigh. Yeah, going back to the national duels, the duel meet against Nebraska, and by that time the news had started to circulate. Uh, from from your position as the associate head coach, you've been with Coach Dresser uh, from basically the, the beginning of, of rebuilding the program and then taking it to new heights. What is your stress level in a situation like that where you're like, okay, I'm waiting on somebody else's decision that's that's going to directly impact uh, my career path? Well, I think the hardest part about it was just the not knowing. Um, once we knew that he had accepted the job at Iowa State and we were moving forward, uh, things got a lot more clear, uh, for me at least, in, in terms of what we had to do in the short term to, to make sure our guys were ready. And, and to be honest, the focus has been and, and will continue to be on the 30 guys on our team, the 10 guys that are stepping out there at the ACC championships. But, uh, you know, that was the most difficult part for me is I was away recruiting and, and there was a lot of rumors that were swirling and, um, just not knowing exactly what was going on or how the situation was going to play out exactly uh, was probably the most difficult part. I think once we knew how this was going to move forward and our administration um, stepped in right away and I, I think helped keep this thing together uh, in the short term. So it's, it's really, like I said, I don't think there's going to be a huge effect in terms of how it's going to affect the guys on our team. We had Coach on the Short Time podcast uh, shortly thereafter, and he had expressed that he wouldn't have left at this position if he didn't feel like uh, the the Hokie Wrestling Program, uh, you, Coach St. John, Coach Zadik, uh, and, and all the athletes were ready. Uh, do you think that's? The, I mean, how how truthful is that statement? Is that is that Coach Speaker? Or are you guys were you guys are really in a position that you know we're ready for the postseason, regardless of who's 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 at the helm. No, I think I think he, Coach Dresser felt that way. I think it was really difficult for him. I know it was. Um, you know, this is if you're going to leave after you've been somewhere for 11 years, uh, you know, I, I don't think this would be how he would script it if it was up to him. But you know, some of that was out of his control, and uh, he did what he had to do for himself and his family. And, and the guys on our team understand that. There's no ill will towards Coach Dresser. Uh, we, everybody appreciates what he did for Virginia Tech wrestling, and everybody understands his situation. So um, as far as that's concerned, 
I, I don't think that's coach speak. I, I do feel like he has a lot of confidence in the staff that he put together here at Virginia Tech and what we're able to do to, to get our guys ready for the NCAA tournament. Uh, you know, Coach St. John and Coach Zadix uh, do great work in the wrestling room. And uh, uh, like I said, it's really business as usual. Not a whole lot has changed since Coach Dresser's departure to Iowa State. We're just taking things in stride, uh, moving forward like we typically would. And uh, the only difference is that, the, you know, there, our guys aren't here, his voice, but I think there's plenty of people to support them and get them ready for the challenges that are ahead. Now, you you were in a situation prior to coming to Virginia Tech where you were a head coach. Granted, it was only for a short time at Binghamton, but walking away from a program and, and with with kids that you've you'd started a program with, in your case, really starting re, restarting a program at Binghamton. How much of uh, your experiences can you see in, in what 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 happened at Virginia Tech? You know, it, it was considerably different in my opinion when I took over at Binghamton. Um, I think I was hired and. In, in, January or February of 2005, and uh, they were just restarting the program. There was not one wrestler on campus, so I had to recruit, try to recruit an entire team uh, within about a three-month, four-month period of time. We had one season under our belts uh, before I had left. Leaving was a very difficult thing. I think any time you commit to something uh, and you put your heart and your soul and you try to put your stamp on it, and then you're faced with a decision where maybe it's better for you and your family and you have to relocate, move. It's a tough thing to do because there's a lot of people involved uh, that you've committed yourself to. So I think in that sense, it was very similar. Obviously, Kevin had been here for 11 years. That's a long time. Our program had come a long way. So I know that weighed on him. I know that was difficult for him. Um, but you know, to me, those are probably the, the biggest similarities in, in, in what happened there. Obviously the program at Binghamton wasn't even close to where we are at at Virginia Tech currently. So, um, you know, that's kind of my experience on it. What about the stress level now on you? I mean, the focus is on the athletes, but, um, as, as an interim coach, and, you know, Whit, Whit Babcock hasn't had to make, I mean, that many hires. He's made several hires over the course of his, his tenure there as the AD, but, uh, are you looking at this as as basically okay? I got two weeks to show if I'm good enough to to be the man to lead this program moving forward. I mean, this is is it? You looking this this is it? Maybe it's kind of a tryout. Um, my focus is solely on making sure our individuals are ready for the postseason, and I think if I do my job uh, with leading the program, hopefully everything will take care of itself. But but to be quite honest with you, Jason. I've been so busy with uh, wearing multiple hats now and trying to focus on leading this team. That's all my concern is. I want to make sure guys like Joey Dance, Sal Mastriani, and Ty Wall, uh, and David Brigida and the seniors that are in our lineup, they finish things the right way. And when they step off the mat for the last time in a Virginia Tech singlet, they feel really good about what happened in their careers. So we still have a lot of work to do um, on the wrestling mat. Obviously this is a time of year that is really, really important. This is the time of year that everybody remembers. So uh, that's where my focus is. That's where our staff focus is. And I really think that uh, this whole thing has brought everybody together even closer. And, you know, we just have kind of uh, some tunnel vision going down the stretch here. and, And that's all we're trying to do. With your role as the associate head coach prior, how much has your day-to-day operation actually changed? Because, you know, you guys have been basically were, were running the program together for such a long time. Was I mean, I'm guessing a seamless transition, but how much of your role is different now? 
well, I wouldn't be on this phone call if I was still in that role. So there's a lot of things um, that as the head coach, you have to do from a marketing and a, and a publicity standpoint and a management standpoint. So uh, there's a lot of things associated with that. And the timing of it is creates more work too. There's a lot of work that revolves around the ACC championships, the NCAA championships, as far as our fans are concerned. So in that sense, uh, a lot of that was thrown into my lap. We've got a great administrative assistant named Robin Ozias who helps us a lot and has been a tremendous help to me in, in those areas. But um, that's the main difference right now. It's just trying to balance all the stuff that I need to balance right now. Now, when it comes to the ACC championships, let's shift gears over there going down to Raleigh. Uh, what are what are the things that uh, Hokie Nation's got planned? I mean, uh, Coach Dresser had always had plans on socials, on, on, on the road and things. But uh, before we even talk about wrestling, how can the fans uh, be involved down there in Raleigh coming up on March the 4th? Well, hopefully the Hokie Nation will, will show up in full force. Obviously, uh, on paper, I think us and NC State are probably the two favorites. The fact that it's in their building on their campus, uh, they've got a, they've done a great job developing their fan base as well. So I'm sure they'll be out in full force. We need uh, the Hokie Nation to show up in Raleigh on Saturday, be loud and be proud and be supportive uh, to our team. Uh, we do have a social scheduled for Saturday night after the finals at the Double Tree. Uh, our fans can get information by contacting Robin Ozias on that. We've I think done a pretty good job of getting that information out there with emails and on Facebook and all that kind of stuff. So I think they're pretty much aware of it, but uh, really just come out and support us. Uh, I, I think having a presence there will make a big, big difference for us. I right, move into the ACC championships, uh, talking about the, uh, the breakdowns conference qualifies 31. And for those who are uh, needing a quick primer on how the qualification system works, this happened uh, about 10 years ago, there was a shift and now it's based on current year data. So each conference, based on the factors of your win-loss percentage, your coach's rank, and your RPI, and, and sports fans should know what an RPI rank is because uh, that's where I think Hokie Nation might be a little more educated is their general sports fans, not just only wrestling fans. So I know we hear the wrestling people go, oh, how can this guy not be ranked number one in the RPI? Well, that's not what the RPI measures. So it's a strength of schedule. So. You factor those three in, about top 28, 29, there's a threshold. They cut it off and go, okay, how many athletes in one conference uh, have earned spots for their conference? The wrestlers themselves do not earn the bid uh, to nationals through this formula. They do it at the conference tournament. So in this case, we'll start at 125 pounds. Three wrestlers have qualified automatic bids to the NCAA championships. Joey Dance is the top seed. Uh, Jack Mueller, the two. Sean Fawes, the three. So, again, on paper, those are the three that have qualified bids for the conference. Now, them earning the bids is another story. Uh, this is this is a situation where you've got four really tough guys because uh, L.J. Bentley uh, is the four seed. He's been to the show before. Uh, Joey Dance, the one seed, the position he knows well. Uh, you know, how, how's, how's Joey dealing with uh, going into his final ACC championship? I feel like Joey's is as focused as he's ever been in his career. I think he he knows um, where he's at uh, in terms of what he has left and what's in front of him, and he's got one more opportunity to accomplish what he wants to accomplish. So his focus has been incredible. Uh, I, I, this is as good as I've ever seen him look for uh, an extended period of time with his consistency, with his weight control, with his training. Uh, just with his approach to wrestling and practice and trying to put up points and trying to separate himself from guys. So 
So Joey looks fantastic. I think mentally, uh, he's always a guy that has had a lot of confidence and belief in himself, and he's tremendously talented. So I, I expect Joey to go out there and, and uh, you know, look really, really good at the ACCs. And, you know, this is going to be a primer for the NCAA tournament for him. It's, you know, uh, he's going to face some tough competition here, and, and uh, that's what we want. We want to get him ready for the quarters and the semis and the, and the finals of the NCAA tournament. One thing that had been preached this year uh, by the staff, whether it was you or there's Coach Dresser, uh, Zadok and St. John, it was uh, getting getting bonus points when you should. And in a, a small conference setting, getting bonus points can be the key to winning a championship. I just got back from the Pac-12s, and you see in a six-team tournament down there, I mean, the, the Arizona State coaches won that tournament on bonus points. Uh, the Valencias were getting falls and techs. You had uh, major decisions from the guys that weren't their, their, their big guns. So when you've got a big gun like Joey Danson, you know, there's a guy like Thayer Atkins, the Duke, LJ Bentley is in that top, that top quarter. Winner gets danced. So, you know, Bentley's going to be a tough guy to major, but when you're in that conference situation, how much are you guys preaching? Okay. We, 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 you wrestle well, you win your match, but you know, get those bonus points when you can. It's critical. Um, I think the NCAAs last year for us was really highlighted that how important it was for us to score bonus points to to get that fourth place trophy. I think we finished one point ahead of Iowa. Um, Zach Epperly scored. I, I think he scored more points than Dean Heil, who won the tournament based on bonus points. I might be wrong on that, but it, it was pretty darn close. Um, so we understand that, and you know, Joey's done a much better job of doing that lately. Um, he's not always been a guy that's separated himself, and uh, he had a tendency to get, you know, to try to win three to two or, or five to two or whatever it may be. And uh, he's definitely worked hard with his skill development, but also I think it's more than anything, it's just a mentality that you're going to go out there. And if you can beat a guy by 10, you beat him by 10. You try to beat him by 11. I mean, so we got to continue to build our lead. Those points are going to be absolutely critical. Uh, like you mentioned, Jason, a 16 tournament is, uh, it, it's odd the way things match up sometimes. And it's not always, uh, the, the highest ranked team doesn't always win. And we've seen that in the past. So we've got to have every guy do their job. And when they have opportunities to get bonus points, they need to get them. And, and what I tell the guys is, if you're if you can get up by six late in the match, a lot of times the guy's gonna try and do something to, to get himself back in and, and you're gonna get those majors at the end and you know, you're gonna get those tech falls at the end. So it's about just constant wrestling all the time, always trying to score points, always staying in there and battling, and it's just a mentality um, that you're gonna go out there and you're gonna pose yourself on your opponent. So but yeah, getting to your point, there's no question that this the the A C C tournament is about ten guys. It's not just about all the number one seeds. It's about all 10 guys wrestling up to their ability, overachieving, and getting bonus points when we have an opportunity to do so. Now moving to 133, Dennis Gustafson made the move down 233 from 141 at midseason, sitting at a number five seed. And this is a real tough spot as the conference only gets two qualifiers. And to my knowledge, the ACC still doesn't do a true second. So... Four or five, he's going to have to wrestle Cole Baumgartner first round. Gets past that, he's going to have Dom Forrest, who's uh, ranked in the top ten in the country, scrappy kid from Pitt. What's Gustafson got to do here to get 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 that bid to nationals? I think Dennis has just got to be consistent, and he's got to um, some adjustments during his matches. Uh, you know, he has a tendency to sometimes get caught up and and one attack, one attack, one attack, and he's got to be able to to 
read situations a little bit better and make adjustments based on what his opponent's doing. But I, I, I feel really good about where he's at with his weight. Uh, he's brought, come down to 33. And initially when he took some hits early at 33, I felt like he was struggling a little bit maybe with the weight. Uh, Coach St. John has done a great job of helping him adjust uh, to, to the weight class and, and just uh, being comfortable at 133, he's had a great practice. I, I really do like where he's at. I feel very, very comfortable. If somebody told me that Dennis Gustin won the ACC tournament on Monday, it wouldn't shock me one bit at all. I think he's very, very capable of that. That's a weight class where uh, that whole group of guys is, uh, you know, within one, two points of everybody. So, uh, you know, Dennis has got to bring his A game. That's the bottom line. Obviously, Forey's is the favorite, the heavy favorite at that weight class. But, uh, I know what Dennis is capable of, and I think if he brings his A game, he's going to be right in the mix. Yeah, and one thing that is also factor in here is there's there's things, the X factors, the intangibles that come in. Pitt also had a coaching change midseason, and uh, a couple alums, Drew Headley and Matt Coker, have been co-running that program since, and, and Forey's has been out of the lineup for a little bit. And when you look at the matchups and you take that new, to, to effect, how much film or and how much are you guys really saying, okay, yeah, I think we're good here with Bumgarner. Yeah, analyzing the the 4A's match, going this is the one. This is the one that 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 is your ticket to nationals. This is the match that's important. Well, I, I can promise you right now, we're not overlooking Baumgartner from Duke. Yeah, he beat Dennis in, in the dual meet. He's very very good. So our philosophy is we're going to take it one match at a time. Um, let's get past the, the quarterfinal round before we start looking at the semifinal round, obviously as a coach, you see that you, you, you look at it and you kind of know what's in store, but the focus has got to be on one match at a time. And I know it's very cliche, but it's, it's truth. If you start looking ahead you can get knocked off real easy. And, and Dennis is a guy, again, he has got to have that, that laser beam focus. I mean, that's just where he needs to be. He can't look ahead. We need to look at uh, that, that 11 o'clock round on Saturday in the quarterfinals and let's get past that and that then we'll move on to 40. So, Moving to 141, Kevin Nordstrom came back to the program, uh, saw some immediate success, uh, you know, getting his, his, his wrestling legs back under him, then gets hurt. He's off the mat for a while. Coming in as the sixth seed of the six guys, gonna have, gonna have to beat an All-American to get to the show, whether it's, you know, it's got Joey Ward right off the bat, uh, Kevin Jackson, All-American, the weight wall, George DiCamillo from Virginia, not an All-American yet, three-time guy, it's been in the blood round, uh, ranked in the top 10. Um, not a, uh, not an impossible option. To, to get three to the show, but he's going to have to beat somebody he's not supposed to beat here. Yeah, that's that's a very competitive weight class uh, within the ACC. There's no question. Um, I, I can tell you right now that if I drew, if I was a three seed and I drew Kevin Nordstrom, that's not a great draw. Kevin, you know, the the six seed doesn't really reflect uh, what kind of wrestler he is. He was he came back late. He got injured. He hasn't had a lot of matches under his belt. Uh, he's an incredibly talented guy, looks uh, significantly better, probably the best I've seen him wrestle against Nebraska, against a tough opponent. So, you know, I, I, I think that I wouldn't rule anything out of 141. I mean, I don't know how it's going to shake out, but uh, I like Nordstrom's ability. I think he's engaged. I think he's just excited about, as excited about wrestling as I've ever seen him. So, um you know, we know what's ahead of us. We know it's going to be a challenge, but we believe in Kevin Nordstrom. I can promise you that. You know, from an athlete's perspective, how, how difficult is it when when you've seen athletes, you know, leave the sport? You know, feel like they've. The, I think that the term that people are using these days is had enough wrestling, and then all of a sudden that fire comes back. I mean, 
you know, is there is there a question of motivation? I mean, what what is what's Kevin Norsham been like in the room this year compared to uh, when he left the program last year? He's been good, you know, but he uh, I think having his brother around was really a, a key part of bringing him back uh, into the fold. So I think he uh, last year, for whatever reason, he just decided it wasn't for him. Um, I think some of it, you know, may have been. Uh, he was tired of cutting weight a little bit, but, uh, you know, I can tell you this since he's been back, he, he got hurt right away. So he, he wasn't able to practice for about three weeks. And then for the last four weeks, he's really slowly gotten better, gotten more impressive. His talent level has always been there, but in terms of bringing him back into the fold, uh, we just, he just started coming around a little bit and we let him hang out and, be around our guys and he was still close. And I think it speaks to the camaraderie within our team. Um, he was still very close with a lot of the guys on the team, like Ty Walls and Sal Mastriani and those guys. So I just think he missed it. He wanted to be a part of it. His brother was on the team and he, he made a decision to come back. And we were certainly glad to have him. 149 pounds, just a three bid weight. Solomon Shishko, the, the top seed. And, you know, we're, we're looking at his performances throughout the course of the year. And there was the, the, the rumblings of, ah, is he going to come back to 41? Or is he going to stay at 49? He's been at 49 all year. Uh, looks fairly solid. I mean, uh, blips here and there. But uh, as the top seed, you expect him to win it, expect him to make the show. I mean, what, what are we looking for from Sol this weekend? Uh, Solomon's incredibly talented guy. We know that. I just think it's a matter of him going out and roughing up to his ability. He's, I feel really good about where he's at. I think he's increasingly wrestling better. Solomon always sometimes wins ugly. I call it, um, you know, he'll win a match and maybe it's not as pretty as we want it to be. He doesn't look as good as we want him to look in that win. But the one thing about Solomon is he, the guy's a winner. He's got a tremendous amount of pride. He finds ways to win all the time. Um, he's wrestled, his best down the stretch here uh, through, through the ACC season. Um, so, you know, he's ready. There's no question. Solomon's that guy that emotionally doesn't change very much. He's always the same guy. He's kind of steady Eddie. So we have a pretty good idea of what we're going to get from Shisco this weekend. Keeping the same theme, 157 pounds, five at this weight class. So, I mean, even a disastrous performance, uh, Sal Mastriani looking like he's got a really, really good shot at getting back to the national championships. And, you know, what, what's it mean to have Sal uh, performing well? Well, I think Sal's looking for a lot more than just getting back to the NCAA championships this year. Uh, he took Berger from the third-ranked guy in the country from Nebraska to the brink, lost in, in double overtime right out. Uh, is, you know, really wrestled well through the ACC season and has earned that number one seed. So to me, I look at Sal and he's kind of a man on a mission right now. Uh, he's really kind of found himself with his wrestling, uh, you know, and, and found his niche and, and just kind of his, he, he's figured some things out. And Coach St. John has really helped him figure some things out with his wrestling, technically, strategy, uh, in a lot of different areas, and it's just helping him gain confidence, get his hand raised more and more this year. If you look at the guy's season record, it's pretty darn impressive this year. Um, you know, he got hurt out in Las Vegas after he had a major decision win over Russell Parsons from Army, who's, seized, or who's ranked, I believe, in the top 10 in the country currently. Um, took a couple hits in, when he came back at the Virginia Duels, but other than that, has wrestled outstanding uh, since that point. So uh, Sal's looking to win this thing. And, and uh, I think anything short of that would be a disappointment for him um, and probably our staff. 
Moving 165 pounds. This is a situation kind of similar to uh, Gustafson in terms of uh, qualifying the spot. David Bergitti emerged as a starter at 165. He's the five seed. Got Ray Bethay from Virginia in the opening round. Two bid conference again. No true second. And it's the pit guy. Once you you got to get past Bethay as you know you're you're the underdog in that match. But again, uh, one you know first match. Boom. These two matches are, are his ticket to nationals this senior year. And what's it what's it been like to watch David Bergitti's progression from you know spot starter, uh, you know workout guy to the guy, the being the guy at this weight class. I can tell you this much about David Bergitti. My I have a just an incredible amount of respect for how he's persevered over the course of the last five years. Um, he's a fifth-year senior. This is really the first time he's ever gotten in our lineup. And the majority of those guys, there's a reason that in most Division One wrestling programs, you start the freshman class as, you know, 10, 13, 14 guys. And by the time they're fifth-year seniors, you're down to four, five, six, seven guys. And that's because the guys like David Brigida most of the time, that really have to earn it over the course of years, multiple years to get their opportunity. They don't stick around a lot of times. So the fact that David has stuck around, he's continued to work tirelessly. Um, if wrestling is incredibly important to him, uh, the guy is just, he's a great competitor. I just love his resiliency and, and what he brings to our team and to our program. Um, he's going to be tremendously successful in life beyond wrestling. There's no question about that. And, he, he's the kind of guy that really embodies what we want our program to be about, just his character, his work ethic, his perseverance, and all those other things uh, that going to making him who he is. Uh, but like I said earlier, winning this event is, is, is a 10-guy thing. So David is one of those 10 guys that we need to step up, and we need David to surprise some people, and we need him to overachieve at this tournament. Um, so... But I, I've got a lot of faith in him. I know what he's about as a person. I know his character, and I know we're going to get an unbelievable effort from him. Zach Epperly, the top seed, 174 pounds, two-time All-American. This is a weight that qualifies for, and this is a weight that's dangerous because you've got an All-American, Ethan Ramos, down there. you got Nick Renan, who is a very crafty, and uh, this this guy's got some sick stuff as a true freshman. Nothing you can't overlook anybody at this weight class. And uh, you know Zach didn't wrestle uh, against Nebraska, but uh, you know you know did did was that just simply a rest situation? Uh, and you know how was he preparing for another ACC championship run? Zach Epler is going to be ready to go. Um, he's looked the last couple of days in practice. I can tell you what he's looked as good as I've seen him in a long time. He looked like the guy we saw at the NCAA tournament last year just throwing up tons of points, uh, attacking like crazy. I, I feel good about where he is focus-wise, uh, heading down the home stretch here. Zach, Zach knows what they, I mean, he knows when, when it's important. And even as a high schooler, you always saw the guy perform his best in big moments and in big matches. And he understands where we're at in the season, and he understands what's at stake. And, um we all know how gifted he is. We all know how great of a wrestler he is. And um, he's capable of great things. There's he, he, there's no one in the country that I, I feel like he cannot beat. So uh, I, if he's dialed in, which he seems to be, I expect, I expect him to put on a show. Let's put it that way. 
as a coach, how do you you keep your elite athletes focused? And when you've got a guy like you know, let's say it's Nick Reening coming through that 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 semi, and they had a they had a pretty good match earlier in the year, but you got a guy that's fearless. He's had national credentials. He's not used to losing either, and he you know, he's got nothing to lose here. I mean, he's you know this is his home his home turf now. I mean, how do you keep your your athlete focused to to not fall into traps that somebody that's got nothing to lose is ready to throw at you? I think you just got to focus on yourself and focus on wrestling and preparing for the best of your ability. Um, obviously, you got to be aware of some technical things that your opponent may have, but really the focus has got to be on you, your preparation, mentally, physically. Uh, when you step in that building, you've got to mentally put yourself in the frame of mind where you compete the best. And, you know, I always say you got to put yourself in like, like you're wrestling the NCAA finals all the time. It doesn't matter where the event is. You know, some guys are better at it than other guys. Um, but knowing what's at stake and what's in front of us. And that's our job as coaches to just make sure these guys have incredible focus on Saturday. Okay. So there's a lot of guys that are only going to get two matches. You've got to have unbelievable focus for 14 minutes or, you know, however long you're out there on the mat. And if we go out there and we do our job and we go out there, we have the attitude that we're going to take victories. We're not going to stand around. We're going to go out. We're going to get on guys. We're going to attack. We're going to impose ourselves good things are going to happen. And that's, that's always what we've done at Virginia Tech. And that's not going to change. We're just going to keep our same approach. And, um, you know, this isn't rocket science. It's just about going out there and, and getting after guys. It's not rocket surgery. I like that line a little better, but, uh, because it, <laughs> it's funnier now moving to 184 pounds a two bid uh weight and obviously this is this is not the deepest weight in the acc as evidenced by the the two bids uh zach zavatsky the number two seed by virtue of uh the the dual meet loss earlier this year to michael machiavello of nc state what's that got to do to write that one i think zach just needs to go out and and wrestle the whole time and you know not think too much i think sometimes he gets caught up in thinking too much um, he just needs to go out there and wrestle and react. And he's, he's got so much offense. It's scary when he's firing it. And that's been our message to Zach is let's just go out there and focus on getting after the guys and, and, and not overthinking the situation. Just go wrestle and react and take what he gives you. And I think if he does that, uh, he's going to be in good shape. Obviously the NC state guy is, is a formidable opponent. It's going to be a tough match, but if Zach wrestles the way he's capable of wrestling, um, you know, the sky is the limit with him. There's, there's no doubt. We saw flashes of that throughout the course of his career. Uh, certainly last year as a freshman, he jumped on the scene out in Las Vegas, had a ton of good wins last year. And, uh, you know, so we know what he's capable of. I think mentally he's in a fantastic place right now, uh, getting ready to, to, to go into this event. So it's, uh, you know, like I said, it's just a matter of him going out there and, and executing. Well, we got to dial this back a little bit, though, because uh, you said you take one match at a time. And again, the weight is not deep. I mean, after after Machiavelli and Zavatsky, there's not a national ranked guy in the in the books. But uh, even with, uh, you know, the understanding that should the wheels fall, come off, you know, Zavatsky's probably going to get an at-large bid should things go terrible. But what do you got to do to make sure things don't go terrible? Like you said, one match at a time, it's either going to be Alex Shank of Duke or Elijah Kerr-Brown from North Carolina. What's the key to making sure you you don't look ahead? You talked about how you coach one match at a time, but when you've got a heavy favorite like Zvatsky coming in uh, the other way, how do you make sure that they don't look ahead? Just make sure they're ready again. I mean, it, it, your focus has got to be on yourself. 
And regardless of who your opponent is, you got to make sure that you're ready to go when you step on that line and you strap up that singlet. So that doesn't change. Um, that doesn't change. I mean, to, to me, that's not even a, it's not even a question. I, I know Zavatsky is going to be ready to go and uh, he's just got to go out there with a chip on his shoulder and feel like he has something to prove, which I feel like he does right now. And I think he feels like he's got something to prove. And, um, you know, that's, that's kind of where you need to be at mentally going into this thing. Jared Hawk, the top seed at 197 pounds. This is a guy who came in a really good high school career, but kind of flew under the radar being from West Virginia, even though he was at a powerhouse program there. Uh, you know, didn't really draw the accolades of the oohs and ahs like some people at the weight, uh, did. He ended up having uh, a pretty good freshman year, then placed last year. Where has his development and his improvement really centered from? What has been the key to him getting that much better to where, you know, he was, he's six last year, but he's wrestling a lot better than a sixth place guy uh, coming off the mat last year is this year. Yeah, no question. You know, he's spent a lot of time with Coach Zadik since he arrived on campus, and, and Mike's done a great job uh, developing Jared, you know, and just developing his style of wrestling and getting him really good at moving his hands, moving his feet. And Jared's a pretty explosive guy, a lot more explosive than you think. And he's got incredible hips, but, you know, Mike probably deserves a lot of the credit for Jared's development. Um, you know, and Jared's bought in a hundred percent. His work ethic is, 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 is as good as it gets. His toughness is as good as it gets. So uh, when you factor all those things into place and, his commitment to wrestling, you know, it's just, it's important to him. That's the bottom line. So when you factor all those things into place, uh, good things happen. He's just continued to progress and continue to develop. And, you know, that's why he is where he is right now. Going to heavyweight. This is, uh, we had a, Ty Walls ends up as the number one seed, even though he has a loss in conference. But Jacob Casper has a loss in conference. Ryan Solomon has a loss in conference. So you've got, and here's the thing. This isn't your mama's heavyweight. This isn't 2-1 tiebreaker, 2 riding time. These guys can score and and take the coaching section out of it if it's possible. From a fan standpoint, these are big guys that can move and score points. What's this weight class going to be like to watch uh, in your perspective as a fan? And then we can talk about the the coaching of Ty Walls. It's pretty darn good. Um, you know, when you got guys, it, it, it's a testament to how far the ACC has come. To be honest with you, when you got guys, multiple guys ranked in the top. I think there's three guys ranked. I don't know if Solomon's ranked, but he's got to be close to the top ten. Uh, at the heavyweight weight class. Um, so, you know, Ty Walls has not won an ACC title yet because he's had Gwizdowski at his weight. So uh, this is, you know, for him, I know that's important to him. Um, Ty's a guy that's going to, he's just going to keep attacking. And that's what he does. He stays on guys and he may be up three to two at the end of the first period or two to one, whatever it may be. And uh, he just stays on guys and stays after him. And he usually can bust it open late in the second period, late in the third period, and, uh, you know, kind of widen the gap. And he's a guy that we're going to need to get bonus points, too. I mean, he's capable of that, uh, more so than most heavyweights are. So those points are going to be critical uh, for for this team race. But uh, Ty will be ready. You know, Cass, he lost a close match to Casper from Duke earlier in the season. And uh, he obviously Casper's very good. But I think wrestling him once and feeling him once and kind of understanding where he likes to wrestle from uh, is going to help us, I think, the second time around. And, uh, you know, we've got to do a better job on our finishes and we can't get taken down off of our shots. And, uh, you know, we kind of let that match get away from us a little bit at the end. So I know Ty is excited to, to get a rematch and, uh, you know, it'll be, it'll be fun to watch. Yeah, it's one of the few few places where somebody gets – 
you know, takes an L by a major decision, and you can actually legitimately call it a close match. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was. There's no question. It, 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 there was, I think, a six-point. So, that you know, it's a four-point back point. I think he got taken down to his back right at the end. So uh, it made the score look a little bit more lopsided than it actually was. Well, that's the the weight-by-weight weight rundown again. The Hokies in action with six top seeds at the ACC Championships, Reynolds Coliseum, March the 4th. I'm looking at the, 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 the breakdown for this. You want to talk about a great wrestling value. Tickets are $7 for adults, folks. If you are even remotely within a vicinity and you're, you, 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 you rock some of the hokey gear, I'd say $7 is well worth your time. If anything, I'm looking at going, man, the Minnesota State Tournament's like 50 something bucks and the ACC seven. So youth 17 and under five bucks, kids two and under free, students with a valid ACC school ID. So if you, there's a busload of hokey, hokey students, bring your student ID, you get in free. Tony, this is a great deal for the fans, man. Yeah, I saw the same thing. I actually had to read it twice because I, I thought maybe it was a typo. Uh, I thought good s- 17 State. would be great, but 7? Sweet. <laughs> yeah, good for NC State for putting it out there, making it accessible to wrestling fans and making the priority putting people in, in the stands. And it's all the more reason for, for the Hokie Nation to show up because if it's $7 for their fans and it's in Raleigh, they're, they're going to be out of full force. So we need... We need the Hokie Nation to travel, and we need to get down there, and we need to support our guys. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to put a guilt trip on the East Coast fans here because I living out and growing up in Virginia and then saying, I remember going, man, Pocosin to Blacksburg, man, that's that's a haul. No, that's 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 nothing when you live out here when, oh, yeah, six hours. You know, you get to that six-hour yeah. range. That's where it's like, ah, okay, maybe maybe we might look at flying. Okay, if it's under four you can get there. Let's let's suck it up and get there because is it here? I can drive to Omaha, cover a duel, and drive six hours back. Okay, that's just how people live. So uh, let's just let's see what the uh, the if the East Coast folks can adapt the Midwestern style of driving for a wrestling tournament. Because if it's under if it's two hours, three hours, come on, you can do it. You'll spend. I mean, you're not yeah. blowing a whole lot of money on this because it's seven bucks to get in. Yeah, I, and I have confidence. I, I know that uh, our fan support right now is at an all-time high. We've got we sold over 400 tickets to the NCAA tournament. So, um, you know, the, the Hokie wrestling fan base is awesome, and uh, I have no doubt that they'll be out there for us and supporting us on Saturday. Now, if you can't make it and you've got – and I feel bad, like, if you can't go that far, you can check this out on ACC Network Extra, which a lot of you can – get through the watch ESPN three app through your cable subscription. But uh, first round starts at 11 a.m. Finals are at seven. Tony Roby, uh, you have the comms. So uh, good luck to you and your program as uh, you know, the next, the next three weeks are pivotal. Thanks, JB. I appreciate it. is part of the Matt Talk Podcast Network. For more wrestling podcasts, head over to matttalkonline.com.